It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're fixing to have us a good day. This is Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Zach Blackerby and Michael Pappas here with you today. Whoo, man. We just got uh, we just got done recording the conversation. We're going to break it up into two parts. So the first half of our conversation with Jason Campbell, former Auburn quarterback, is today. And I thought it was really good. I thought it was awesome. Um, he's pretty candid with us. He, we laughed. We didn't cry, but... We cried. Okay, we didn't... Uh, we felt his pain. We felt his joy. Yeah, it was uh, It was awesome. Uh, we talked about some, some 04 stuff, some current Auburn Tigers stuff, um, some NFL stuff. I mean, everything in between. We covered yeah. a lot. All right, let's jump into it. All right, Jason Campbell, former Auburn quarterback, hanging out with us. Jason, thank you so much for your time. How are you, boss? Doing good, guys. You know, uh, just... Trying to make it through this time right now we got going on, but uh, other than that, though, I can't complain. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, lots of stuff in the news these days for sure. But uh, yeah, let's let's talk a little. Uh, let's talk a little football. So, I mean, y- you were a starting quarterback in the SEC for for a long time, several years. And c- can you imagine going through this process? I mean, like missing a spring as a starting quarterback. I mean, how big of a deal is that? Well, it's a big deal for teams that are, you look at like first year quarterbacks. You know, LSU has a first year quarterback. Um, Georgia, you know, the kid transferring from Wake Forest, um, you know, not having an opportunity to go through spring with him. Um, so you think about it, this is the most turnover I've seen in a long time in the SEC when it comes to the quarterback position. You know, you got Kellen Munn, yes, he's coming back. Bo Nitz, yes, he's coming back. And then you got the kid from, uh, Old Miss, and then, you know, Alabama quarterback got about three starts last year. So, other than that, everyone else is starting a new guy at that position. That's the key. That's the most key position in all the sports. And uh, and when you think about not having a spring, you're not able to throw blitzes at this guy. You're not able to throw different looks at this guy and see how he reacts from an offensive coordinator standpoint. So, at that point, you would know how to call plays, how to what gets him into a rhythm. So, that part you're missing right now. And you got to try to figure that out as soon as you possibly can early in training camp. And uh, and, and that's going to be tough because right now you're still not sure how many practices you're going to get or you're going to be able to win when full goal is going to be available where you get all 11 guys on offense, all 11 guys on defense. So right now it, it is a uh, it's a problem for teams that didn't have a spring. All the returning quarterbacks you mentioned, Jason, I think we'd all agree here that Bo would be in the top tier of those guys when you look at Auburn's quarterback from last year as a true freshman. Do you think Auburn's in a good spot because of all of this? Yeah, I think Auburn is probably one of the lucky teams right now as far as like not having to play a quarterback without knowing his skill set. Um, you know, Gus had a year last year with Bo, and now Coach Morris there, you know, just kind of off the same tree of offense. Um, and then they have the film to put on tape so that Bo can watch himself and then they can watch Bo and see the things that he does very well and things they want to improve with him on. But other teams are not as fortunate. You know, they're not able to do that. And um, so that puts Auburn to me as one of the top three teams in the SEC that has the opportunity to win the conference and, you know, hopefully get the opportunity to go play in the playoffs. Um, I know we were, we we're trying to fill some positions up front defensively. We're trying to fill some positions up front offensively because we lost four offensive linemen. Um, but at the same time, you know, I do feel like we have some guys in place 
because we have a key position in place right now with everybody else kind of running and, and, and trying to find their guy um, because not having that screen, we do. And then we get the transfer as well from Bowling Green, who is a guy that adds depth to that position where, knock on wood, something was to happen to Bow. This mm-hmm. is a kid that can run. This is another kid that can throw the ball and a kid that we can put in there and still keep our offense going. And it's very important that you have two guys at that position because, you know, anything can happen. And then, um, you know, I know Cam Brothers transferring, but I think that's more of using him as an athlete in other positions. Right. So, you know, I think, um, you know, I think Auburn's in a good position because the schedule that Bo had to play last year is the experience that's something you can't teach. Yeah, and looking at that quarterback room, I mean, before, you know, you mentioned Grant Lloyd, the transfer from Bowling Green, but I mean, before him, you had Bo, and then that was the only guy with relevant college snaps. Court Sandberg played a little bit last year in a backup duty. And then, you know, uh, Shiel Garnett, a true freshman coming in. Sawyer Pate, a true freshman walk-on coming in. And then, yeah, you, I mean, you mentioned Cam Newton's little brother. But outside of that, um, Bo was the only guy that had relevant snaps. Then Grant Lloyd comes in. If you're Bo and you bring in a, an older guy that, that has experience, what does that do to the quarterback room? Well, it just adds depth, you know. It just adds, like, uh, for as Bo, you know, I think confidence-wise, you're as a starter, you're never feeling threatened because that's just a confidence thing. You know, if you want to play at a high level, you want to have opportunity to play in the NFL one day, you got to be used to guys coming in around you that's, that's highly touted guys. You know, you got to be used to them signing another five-star recruit or something. Like, it just happened. You know, this is the world that we live in. That's the only position that only one player gets to play. You know, every other position, you can rotate guys in. But that position is pretty much a 90% snap position. And, uh, you know, yes, some teams will use 10% to do some wildcat things with other guys. But, you know, you're always going to be pushed at that position. And my whole thing is competition always makes you better because you never get comfortable. As soon as you get comfortable, that's when you find yourself in a hard position. But as long as you got someone behind you that you feel like, man, I can't mess up, I don't need to slip up because this kid may get an opportunity and he may go out and light it up or something. It motivates you and it keeps you going and it keeps you hungry. And I think, you know, that's something as a, as a young kid in college, that that's something most kids don't have to worry about because their dream is to make it to that next level. So that's enough hunger within itself. But at the same time, it does add calmness to your head coach Come to see offensive coordinator because you know you got two guys in a room that can play the position. If something was to happen, you're still in contention because you have another guy you can plug in. Jason, you obviously played with two of the best running backs in Auburn football history in uh, in Ronnie Brown and Cadillac Williams. Uh, on a scale of Ronnie to Cadillac, how good do you think Tank Bigsby is going to be? Well, you know, that's a lot, that's, uh, you know, a big task for him. Uh, you know, I know he's a highly talented guy, uh, number one running back coming out of the state of Georgia. Uh, you know, he grew up not too far from there in LaGrange, you know, having an opportunity to, to Auburn is closer to him than the University of Georgia. So I think Tank has got an exceptional opportunity, though. Uh, I think he has the opportunity to make his name print at Auburn, uh, just from talking to Cadillac about him, like, that he likes everything about him. And he said, I just don't say that to say. He said, the kid, man, he he works hard. His he sets examples, and um, he like he 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 soaks up information. And uh, that's the number one thing. And at that position, everyone thinks it's all about 
you know, running the football, putting your head down, busting through two tackles. But that position is very key because you got to learn protection. and You got to know how to protect your quarterback because you're taking on linebackers. You're sometimes chipping a defensive end. You know, you're having to fill a plug if uh, an offensive lineman miss a deep tackle, swift move at the, at the line of scrimmage. You got to step in there and be able to stone a guy. And that's the thing when you look at Tank's size, that's something I think he has. You know, he kind of reminds me of Ronnie from a size standpoint. You know, he, he has the toughness of a Cadillac, you know, running the football. So it is a great combination uh, with them recruiting this kid, and I think he's going to add many dimensions. I think this might be you know, one of the better running backs that, uh, you know, that Auburn has had over the last few years as far as, like, you know, that toughness, you know. Um, when I think about Kerry Young, he was a guy that carried the ball 25 times a game and kind of wear teams down. When you think of Tank, you know, he has that ability uh, to do the same thing. We'll continue our conversation with Jason Campbell next right here on Locked on Auburn. But first, I want to talk about our friends at rockauto.com. They are a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Michael, uh, the Ross from Locked On Saints was talking about how like somebody stole his uh, tailgate on his truck. What? And he was able to go to rockauto.com and order a replacement tailgate. Didn't know that was a thing people stole, but that uh, that happened. That's wild. He does Locked On Saints. I assume he lives in New Orleans. Crazy stuff happens there. I don't know. I don't know. But you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, including stolen uh, tailgates, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box, so they know that we sent you? We also want to give some love to our friends at Fetch Me. What is June? Fetcher Appreciation Month. Let's go. And we appreciate all of the great and very quick fetchers that work for Fetch Me. And so uh, be sure to give them uh, give them uh, some love when you use Fetch Me's great free app or their website, fetchmedelivery.com, or you can search Fetch Me in your phone's app store. Promo codes FetchMe20 for your first delivery free, or your favorite. 25 off for 25% off your order. Guys, they are almost always on time with the, the time that they give you as like, uh, hey, your food will be here by this time. Almost always on time. Yes. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so it, it's like within two minutes either way. So yeah, you can you can set it up and it's like, okay, cool. I just need to be ready by this time. So yeah, once again, fetch me uh, 20 for your first delivery free or two five off for 25% off your order. When you played at Auburn, they had no issue rotating out running backs. Something that a lot of Auburn fans as well as college football analysts kind of talking about what Gus Malzahn does is he likes to pick one guy and he just he just runs with him and it's worked. When you look at you look at uh, I mean back when it was Ben Tate and then you know you mentioned Carry On, Trey Mason, Peyton Barber, Cameron Artis Payne. I mean, all these guys have found a lot of success. Do you think that's gonna continue? and if it does, are they gonna start with Tank early on as a true freshman, or do you think they may be make that switch, you know, start the season with DJ and then switch it over to Tank? I mean, what what are your thoughts on on Tank getting a lot of touches early day one in his uh in his career? Yeah, I was just about to mention DJ because I really do like DJ too. Yeah. And I think you do have a have to have a one two punch at that position. Like I, I don't think it's a guy that you can overload anymore at that position because the pounding is just too much. You know, we saw that with carry on the year we went to the SEC championship game. It was just too much. You know, by the time they got to the end of the year, he caught up with us. And, uh, you know, he was 
you know, bruised and banged up when we got to that game. So, you know, I think the best thing for Auburn is to have a two-punch. And when you look at DJ, man, this kid came in last year. He ran the ball hard, uh, you know, down the LSU game. He really, you know, showed out. Um, I think he's a kid that they're probably going to start with. I don't think they'll start tank over him just because they didn't have an opportunity to go through a full spring. And I think that would be kind of unfair to throw a kid out there as a starter, unless he earns it in training camp. You know, I can't say that. You know, if he earns it in training camp, he earns it. But, you know, you're talking about going out there and protecting your quarterback and, and everything else that goes along with playing the running back position. Uh, I think they probably do start with DJ and they rotate tank in there and then they get to the point where they use both of those guys in, in different scenarios and, and I think that's a good problem to have. Auburn has done really well this year where we've used two running backs. And, uh, and you know, you think back to the year 2013, they went to the national championship and had Trey Mason and uh, Trey Mason, but you also had Nick Marshall who was kind of uh, extended running back, you can call it sometimes because the way he ran the ball so many times, there were so many design runs for him. I don't think they'll do the same thing with both, but I think they will do the same thing as utilizing more runs for DJ and Tank. Absolutely, and you're uh, you're from Mississippi. Has it been cool for you to see Auburn take a uh, a bigger push into trying to get those top prospects out of Mississippi here in recent years? Yeah, Mississippi is one of those states, man. You look at it uh, from an NFL standpoint. We we put out a lot of players from state state numbers um, to the NFL, and uh, you know, it, it is. I tell people it is a source down there. These kids they hungry. Most of them are big, strong country kids that they love football, and you know, they they dream it. They you know they they just want to be around it. And I was just like, you know, sometimes we get skipped over because, you know, we're not such a huge state. But I tell people, I do my football camp every year now, and I say, man, I see talent everywhere. And I said, you know, these kids, they they, they want it and uh, and everything. And I just, you know, you know, think that Auburn can recruit that position, I mean, recruit that, that area down there, man. I think they can grab some really, really good players. And I mean, some solid football players. We've had some come through Auburn, you know, that represented the state pretty well. So, you know, it's definitely a state that we haven't recruited as much over the last couple of years of getting a lot of top talent. But I think it's a state that we definitely need to start paying more attention to in the recruiting process because there are a lot of good players there. We'll continue our conversation with former Auburn quarterback Jason Campbell in just a moment. Michael, I walked by your office yesterday and you were going to town on a built bar. Absolutely. Almost every day I enjoy a built bar. It's like uh, it's like a candy bar in the middle of my day, but I know it's instead of giving me uh, a quick sugar boost, it, it's going to give me enough energy to finish my work day. Yesterday it gave me enough energy to finish my work day, go home and play nine holes of golf. How about that? I know. Yeah, and all kinds of great flavors, and it really does taste like a candy bar. Lots of protein, very little sugar, especially when you compare it to the other uh, leading health bars. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first box. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock 
deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Jason, we talked about the quarterback position throughout the conference and Auburn being in a good spot because they have an established guy there. When you look at the the abbreviated offseason that we're in now, as far as what it does to coordinators, specifically offensive coordinators, obviously Auburn has a new one with with Chad Morris, and Gus comes out and says it's going to be Chad Morris's offense. Chad Morris is going to be calling the plays. What do you think that process looks like with uh, with less practice? You know, obviously no spring. Do you kind of work it in throughout the season and just kind of go with what guys know, and then maybe it looks more like his offense towards the end of the year, or do you just kind of take hey, give it all to the kids and say, hey, you guys got to learn this? Well, I think the one thing for Coach uh, Chad Morris is that he had the opportunity to be around the kids during bowl practice. Yes, you know, he wasn't practicing with them, but he was able to be there and watch some of them skill set and see how they interact in a practice environment because he, he didn't get that in the spring. But uh, he got a chance to see in a bowl practice. So I think for them, they've been doing a lot of virtual um, a lot of virtual meetings. So during those virtual meetings, they're inputting offense, they're inputting plays, and uh, you heard Steph Williams come out a couple of weeks ago and say, man, I'm so excited because this is not going to be an offense where the ball is kind of geared towards one or two guys. Man, everybody's going to have an opportunity to touch the ball. And I think it makes him excited because it's not, it's not going to be as easy for teams just to double team him because the ball is going to be going all those different places. So I do think the fact that him coming out saying that means that they're already putting in their offense as Chad Morris' offense. And adding on to things that Gus did, you know, very well and everything. You know, Gus' run game is pretty good. And, you know, I think Chad Morris is going to add a lot to the passing game. I think he's going to add more concepts and, and, and different things. So get guys out of space and everything. So, you know, we'll see. But I, I do think that, you know, early on in the year, it won't be as explosive as, you know, as he probably would want to get to because he didn't get a chance to input a lot of things as far as like in a practice mode where he gets to run. Because my whole thing about when you're, when you're playing football, a lot of kids learn more through repetition. Mm-hmm. So if they make a mistake on something, they easier to remember it and do it better the next time. When you're trying to just learn something about looking at a chalkboard or you're looking at TV on a screen and you say, oh, let's go out there and do this, Yes, you know, they expect you to go out there and do it, but you know you're going to make a mistake the first couple of times because you haven't repped it yet. So I do think they'll chime back a little bit starting season, but build on as the season goes. So I think you probably know this process better than better than pretty much anybody as far as when a new offensive coordinator comes in. You've worked under a, a bunch of them. What is the process, like what does the beginning of it look like? I mean, do they go – play-by-play, play? do they kind of just give you a, a playbook and they expect you to know it in a few days when, you know, whenever you guys step on the practice field again? Or does it kind of vary from offensive coordinator to offensive coordinator? Do they light the playbook on fire? Yeah. The old one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could say the NFL, the NFL is different. Now, the NFL, they hand you a playbook. They say know it, know it in the amount of time before you get back to OTAs or training camp or whatever. Sure. But in college, you know, it, it's like this. Like, most of the time, they get rid of the old stuff sometimes because every coordinator has their concepts and they has their things that they like to do. The biggest mistake Auburn ever made was 2003. You know, we tried to keep Petrino's offense and Petrino was only there for a year. And we had success in it our sophomore year, but it wasn't enough for our coaches and all of them to learn his whole offense because we were just getting in the beginning stages of it. And 
did and got to the advanced part. You know, he took the head coach job at Louisville, but we tried to move our offensive line coach you know, to offense coordinator, and we tried to do it by committee, and that was a big mistake because then you have too many thoughts, too many things going in it, and then you're trying to learn someone's office that you barely even know. You know, you was only around for a couple of months, and uh, and that was just tough. And then you're a first year coordinator, and that that was just you know that was hard on everyone. So I thought the best thing Tupperville ever did was say, "Hey, I'm gonna keep my staff, but I'm gonna add a piece," and that's the offensive coordinator. And he brought in Al Borges. Al Borges knew how to put everybody in position to be successful. He knew how to get everyone touches in the football. He knew how to make everyone feel involved in the game. And he made it so hard on defense because they couldn't just key on the run game. They couldn't just key on the passing game. You know, whatever you tried to do better, we did it. Whatever you tried to defend, we would just attack the other part of you. And that's the offense and mind concept. That is a gift. It is a gift of art to be able to design plays in the first half to set up things in the second half. You can't just call plays. Like, you have to, it has to be an art to it. And I think that's the reason Chad Morris, he's been successful at Clemson. It's because he had an art of doing that in Clemson and uh, and everything. I know he got to Arkansas. He was the head coach, so things were a little different because he wasn't the true play caller. He had to be the CEO, and now he's back to play caller, so it would be interesting to see. But you forget kind of the other playbook, but since him and Gus is from that same tree, I think a lot of Gus' run game is going to stay, and I think a lot of his passing game will probably change. Okay. That makes a lot of sense to me. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I like that answer. That was great. All right, great stuff from former Auburn quarterback Jason Campbell. We'll play the rest of it. Uh, we'll do the rest of it tomorrow. We'll do the rest of it tomorrow. So looking forward to hearing more from uh, Jason. Michael, you're on Twitter at CouchPapTato. I'm on Twitter at ZBlackerby. The show's on Twitter at Locked on Auburn. The show's on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.